This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We're in Exodus chapter 16, and you're going, Pastor, you're going real slow. Each one of us has our nature, and that's who I am. I, I love to dig deep, and uh, and oftentimes there are things out there that are really important that I don't want to miss out on, because why do this if I'm not going to teach everything? And I think it's important that we deal with that. And in all actuality, the verse that we're going to deal with today is important to me, because of that reason, it's important because as I'm studying through God's word and as I'm teaching people to study God's word, I think this principle that is given to us in the manna from heaven, which is a picture of God feeding us his word, I think this picture is super relevant for you and for young believers and for believers who are trying to figure out how to how to study the Bible, because when you grab a Bible, it's thick. I've talked about that before. It's got a lot of books in it, 66, and each one of them has a myriad of theological understandings that are pinned to other books in the Bible, and then as you're studying them, you don't understand what's going on sometimes because it's talking about something that you haven't read yet, and uh, and it can be very difficult. And to tell you the truth, we tell people to skip to the New Testament when they're new believers, and rightly, that's not nothing wrong with that. But we tell them to skip to Jesus. The truth is that uh, Jesus is the culmination of God's plan. He is not the. Uh, he's not. Well, he is the beginning of God's plan too, because obviously he was there and uh, in creation, and he made. All things were made by him, and nothing was made that was not made by him, as John says in John chapter 1. He was there in the beginning, but he is the culmination of God's plan for for the earth. And so when you're studying the Bible, you're studying Jesus as the culmination of God's plan for the earth. And so what do we want to do? We want to take you to the most important figure in the Bible. Uh, And so we tell people when they first start reading the Bible to read the Gospels. And that's my advice too. I I want you to know Jesus. And that's why on Sunday morning, generally speaking, I will be preaching from one of the gospels because I want you to, it all starts with Jesus, it all ends with Jesus. So you need to know Jesus. You need to know his life and you need to know the four gospels as they present Jesus and his life. You need to know, you need to know Matthew is a gospel that's written to the Romans. He's a Roman tax collector, speaks to the Roman mind. It's very legal. It's very, it's very monarchical, meaning it talks about the kingdom of God. It's got a lot of understandings of kings and rulers and authorities and boy it's got all kinds of it's jesus presented as the once and future king he is the king who has come and and always has been king and he's come to take his authority and pay the price for his kingdom and 
great gospel. Then you got Mark, and that's the one I've been preaching through from the very start at Lake Community Church. We are we're we're in our third. The October was when we started the church three years ago. Now we did have the pandemic, and uh, but that didn't really affect us because we didn't stop meeting. But maybe two weeks. Uh, together and uh, we did meet outside for a while and then we uh, then we were back going at it so over three years we've been going through mark and if you look on our facebook page you can see you can see all the way going back to that time and uh, and that's an in-depth study in the book of mark mark is the rudimentary it's the i hate to call it this it's the redneck version of the gospel it's uh, it's just straightforward and what i mean by that it's basically and jesus did this and jesus did this and jesus did this and jesus did this and uh, just is the main outline. If you just want a quick outline of what happened in Jesus's life, Mark's a great gospel. It's a gospel that's written to the uh, what the Romans would have called the barbarians. It's the it's the gospel to the Gentiles. It's the gospel to the people who are not necessarily Jew, who are not necessarily the sophisticated Romans or Greeks. It's a gospel written just to the common man, and uh, I love it. I love it. It's it's Peter's gospel written by John Mark, who is his who is his acolyte, his follower, the one who came from the, the first Pauline missionary journey. He left and he went back to Jerusalem and he fell under uh, Paul's teaching. And ultimately, it's the it, Peter's teaching. And ultimately, it's Peter's gospel. Then you got Luke's powerful. It's written by a doctor. It's written by the apostle Paul's doctor. And in all actuality, it is the apostle Paul's gospel. And it's a two-volume set. Most people don't know this, but the book of Luke and the book of Acts are actually the same book. One of them is the gospel of Jesus Christ while he was alive on the earth, living on the earth with man. And then it's the, and then Acts is the gospel of Jesus Christ through his church. And wow, that's some good stuff right there. And it is probably the most academic, pristine writing. It is, it is the gospel to the academics, it's, well, I guess, the best way to describe it, because the truth is that uh, the Apostle Paul grew up uh, near Greece. He grew up in, in Asia Minor, and it is the most Greek gospel. It's the, it's the logical, it's the philosophical, it's, the, it's got all those aspects to it. It is, it's, a, it's just a great gospel. If you really love academic and intellectual arguments and understandings, it lays Jesus out uh, perfectly. Well, they all do. I love them. And then you got the book of John, and wow. And John is, he's the teenager who was the disciple. He lived the longest. It is a powerful gospel because it's got Jewish, it understands Jewish mysticism because obviously John would have done that. And so it deals with some of that kind of stuff. It, it, it has all the, all the pictures, all the word pictures that are in scripture and it uses those dynamically and powerful. In fact, it's even written kind of in line as far as an outline form, it's written in line with Genesis. So it begins with in the beginning and, and Genesis begins with in the beginning. And it, it just runs parallel with uh, with man's fall and God's plan. It only has an account of about two and a half weeks of Jesus's life. The days that are mentioned in the book of John are only about two and a half weeks. It's not a synoptic gospel. What does that mean? The first three gospels go through Jesus's life from birth to death, but John doesn't do that. John takes John takes about two and a half weeks of Jesus's life, not not contiguous, meaning not the same days, but about two and a half weeks of his life. It takes out and it just really focuses on them and presents Jesus as the Old Testament Messiah that was promised and and how he meets all the standards 
of what was to be the coming Messiah, and he fulfills those things. And wow, boom, just powerful gospels, all of them. And we tell believers to to read those things because they can know Jesus. And then there's other books we want them to read. We want them to read James because it's about faith, and we want them to read uh, 1 John because it's about love, and then we want them to read Genesis because it's the start. And you know, you start branching off into different places where we take new Christians to read the Bible, and they're sitting there thinking, I got to read it all right now. I, I got to read it all. I got to get it all in right now and you feel that way but you're not going to get it that way that's not how you get it because it's not something that you can just gorge yourself on and really get because you're trying to get all of god and understanding god all at once it's just not possible and i'm gonna tell you i've been trying to do it for a long time look at my hair and it you just it's not gonna happen overnight and it'd be foolish to tell somebody they got they got to study god's word uh, every day, all day, and it'd be foolish to think that even practically in our own hearts and minds that we could take in giant, huge principles and understandings of God, and you could just get it all at once. And by the way, that's not how God would do it. And by the way, Jesus is a rabbi, and what do rabbis do? They don't teach with a classroom teaching. It's not like we're at Princeton. Oh, that, that kind of gave me indigestion. Didn't even think about going back there. But it's not like we're in some kind of giant lecture hall and somebody's writing a bunch of stuff on a board and we got to memorize all this stuff and understand how it works together and then be able to come up with a coherent logical argument about, oh my goodness, I'm getting a headache now. That's not how a rabbi taught. A rabbi, the way rabbis taught, is the, it's not Western style teaching, it's Eastern style teaching. How does that work? You go through life together. You walk through life and they would walk th- go through and do the daily things of life and they would do it with their rabbi and their rabbi would teach them about God as they go through life. They would go and see the things that are happening in the world and allow God's word to enlighten them on the, God, on, on the world. And let me tell you something. Listen to me. That's how God teaches you. You can't, don't get around this. That's how God teaches you. He doesn't teach you by by some lecture hall or lecture class. He Now, can you learn about God there? Yeah. We go to Bible studies and things like that. Yeah, yeah, you can. But remember, whatever understanding he's giving you in that class or in that sermon or in that Bible study you're listening to online or in that podcast, or we used to even have Bible teachings on the radio, and I think they still do, but people have gone away from it because we got all this technology, but it doesn't matter. Wherever you're intaking God's word, however you're intaking God's word, if you're reading your daily devotion in the morning, if you're saying, I'm studying through the book of Habakkuk, I always thought that was a funny book because it sounds like tobacco when I was a kid. And I thought, why would they name a book after tobacco? Anyway, my parents both smoked, and I thought it was gross. And as you're studying through Habakkuk, you're intaking God's word. And and all those forms and fashions and ways of intaking God's word, legitimate, good ways, great ways to take God's word. Now, if you're listening to somebody teach it, remember they're fallible. And remember, everything they teach you, you need to go back and make sure you confirm in God's word. That includes me. Make sure you confirm it. Make sure it's right. And then that truth that you gain in that. And by the way, you're not going to take in a hundred truths, unless you're really exceptional. <clears throat> if you got an exceptional mind, and there are people like that. I went to school with a lot of people like that. I'm, I are not one of them, but they just had, they're just exceptional in how they, how could they, how they could intake and understand and then put into action information and knowledge there. But you don't have to be that. 
Because you remember, you're walking with Jesus. You're walking with your teacher, your rabbi, and he's taking you through life. And his word is to shine light or shed light on that. And just a little bit of his word is powerful. It's very powerful. And just the revelation of the day, the daily bread that God gives you is powerful stuff. It is, it is hope to a whole man's body. It's strength. It's, it just gives you all you need. And I, don't, I didn't want to pass by this passage and not deal with this in Exodus because this principle that we read here in verse 18, it tells us that. It says, so when they measured it out by omers, and omers is about a jar, like I said yesterday, when they measured out the, the manna that they picked up from the ground, when they measured it out, they gathered much, they gathered as much as they thought they needed. And notice, when they did, he who gathered much had nothing left over after he ate it. Meaning, if they gathered a lot more than an omer for themselves, and they took it for a nourishment, it didn't fill them up. It was just enough. And notice, and he who gathered little had no, which means if they just got a little bit of manna, it was enough for their whole day. And you go, Pastor, now that can't work. We know calories. You burn so many calories a day and you take your weight and do all that. And that's how that works. And if I eat more, I'm going to have more calories and I'm going to be able to burn it more. And if I eat less, I'll have less calories. Listen, I know that principle. Trust me. Anybody who knows me knows I like calories and calories really don't like me. But understand that principle. I, I truly do. But that's not how the, God's word works, okay? You don't have to have more of it to be more spiritual. What you do have to do is you have to take the truth that God's word gives you, your daily bread, the truth of that day, and apply it to your life. And so what's important? What's important is, important, what's important is to get truth. And if you're studying the Bible on your own, I would read it until something really struck me, and then I would dig into that. Because what it... what what speaks to you today, because remember God's word's eternal. God's word is the revelation of his son, but God's word is relevant. It is relevant to you. I can't say that enough, and I don't want to say it any less. God's word is eminently relevant for you today, and what God has to say personally to you from his word about your life is relevant for today. And so I want you to, when you're studying, you know, if all the things I believe in faith and I believe in walking with God because he is our rabbi, he is our teacher, that's who he is. And so I, I believe in walking with God and God's work in your life and God's presence in your life is relevant today. He's at work today in who you are and what you're doing. He's joining you in the journey of your life. I think about my new granddaughter and I want to be a part of her life. I really desire that. It's important to me that she recognize my voice. She know who I am. When she grows up and all my other grandchildren, all the ones I expect to have come, it's important that they know who I am, have a strong desire for that. Now, if I have that desire, how much more does the father have desire for us? It's got to be, it's got to be intensely magnified far beyond my desire for my grandchildren to know me. It's got to be powerfully magnified in how much he wants to be intimately involved in your life. The way he does that is not by giving you a bunch of homework. 
Okay. What he does, and if you're doing a Bible study, an intensive Bible study, great. There's nothing wrong with that. <clears throat> but remember, the thing that strikes you, the thing that 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 touches you, the thing that not only fills your mind, but also touches your emotions, it's relevant for today. And you'll know that. You know that if you're studying God's word, you know that. You you've done that before. It's what's going to fill the day. It's the omer of uh, manna that is going to be sufficient for today. And listen, sometimes it can be just a small verse. One verse is just comes alive to you. And then sometimes it's a chapter and you're going, man, Daniel did that. And, you know, and I know I can now understand what I need to be doing. Or Joshua, he was afraid. Or you just go through stories or maybe half chapters of the Bible and you'll get something and it just covers you up. And then you, then some days you just get this global view. You read, or you hear somebody explain something about a book of the Bible and how it works with all the other books. And you go, wow, that's, and all that, all that's manna from heaven. All that's God revealing himself through his son in his word. That's manna from heaven. And it fills you up. It fills you up and it's enough. It's sufficient. And when God reaches down and places something in your mind that you're going to remember, because it because it's relevant, and then it touches your heart because it matters for today. When God does, that's that manna from heaven. That's the stuff that you're gonna you're gonna carry with you for the rest of your life. That's how God's growing you. And remember, they're in the wilderness, and God is teaching them how to walk with Him. And if you're if you really want to grow in your understanding of God. And I say this, I say this, when I was eight years old, I opened up the Bible. Somebody said, read the book of James. And I'd been told to read this book and read that book. And to tell you the truth, at eight years old, you're bored. But a boy, I read eight, at eight years old, I read James and it starts out. It starts out, if any of you lacks wisdom, that's right there in the first 10 verses. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously without finding fault. And he will surely give it to you. But when you ask, you must believe. You got to believe that he's going to give it to you. And from that day forward, I, I began to read God's word as a source of, it's a, just a life source of how to live and how to understand things in the world. And as I've gotten older, I've realized how much God has taught me by taking in just a little manna each day, just a little manna from heaven as I go through life. And there were seasons when I wasn't eating any. And then there were seasons, there were seasons when I gorged on it. And each season has its purposes and its will, but ultimately God is revealing himself to you because he's wanting to be intimately involved with you. And so I would say to you today, boy, go after it, chase after it, run after it as hard as you can, chase after God, and don't let, don't let anything keep you from gathering a little manna or a lot of manna each day and intaking it because God is, of all things he is, he is he's intimate, he's personal, and he's relevant. And I want you to see that as you walk with him. And that's what the Bible study is today. Make as you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.